Hello, you're listening to Living Alone Together, and I am your only host, Yan. Well, I do sound happier and perkier than I'm actually feeling, but that's fine. So yeah. Anyway, how is everyone doing? I hope that we all had a good week. Personally, um, <laughs> I was in an accident last week, so I was on my way to work on my bicycle, and then I got hit by a scooter. That's it. As you can tell, probably I'm still alive and、uh, no major injury anywhere,、um, not even blood. So, so I suppose overall I'm fine physically. I just got a few bruises that hurt when、um, when I shower. Otherwise, I am fine physically speaking, but I am a little bit, just a little bit traumatized. <laughs> Again, traumatized mentally, which is to say that when I'm walking, I feel like I might get hit by a car、um, or some scooter, and so yeah, so it has it's a bit daunting, right? And、um, <clears throat> I am yet to contact the the person on the scooter. She was nice enough to call an ambulance and the police, but.、Um, Still, I feel like I won't be able to ride the bicycle in a while. I'll recover, I'm sure, but not in the in the next month or so. So yeah, so and、um, that has led me to thinking about my paradigm. I feel like、um, in the past I worked, I've worked with the model that if a good thing, sorry, if a bad thing happens, it is. An event to be talked about, just like right now, and the baseline state should be just fine or good. But then,、um, too many bad things have happened that I'm starting to shift my paradigm a little bit. I feel like maybe the best baseline, maybe this is the baseline. Maybe the baseline is to be unsatisfied, unhappy, or just feeling a little bit. Uh, miserable and and、um, when a good thing really happens, that's that's just lucky and that's something to to be talked about. So you should discuss your happy events rather than your sad events because the happy sorry the happy ones are rarer than the sad ones. I don't know. I hope that's not true. I'll still I'll still.、Um, Assume that my baseline is semi okay, but who knows?、Uh, maybe too many bad things will will、um, pile up, and I'll end up shifting my my model, my my、uh, perspective.、Um, that's a long intro. So yeah, if you're new to this channel, you should know that this is my personal journal, or rather, I record two to three times a month. And、um, it has nothing to do with the rest of the world. It's just my narcissistic ramblings, and, and I'm just sharing whatever is on my mind. That's about it. And、um, yeah, I hope you enjoy. So, yeah, what should I say?、Um, today, I want to talk about,、um, let's say, the idea of an online existence. So, I don't know where I should start. I guess I could start with a book I finished recently, which is called *Ghosts* by Dolly Alderton. I suppose she's British. She's a columnist at the Street Style. Apparently, I've never read that, but 
Uh, Ghosts is a novel about a woman called Nina who is 32 years old, I think. And the story revolves around her online dating, her friends, and her family. So that's about it. And um, sounds pretty shallow. Well, actually, it's just about her life. But the particular concept, the concept of existing online, meeting people online, and ghosting them afterwards, that's kind of, I feel like that's, that's kind of interesting. And that's why the book resonates with me a lot. So where should I start? Yeah, I guess, I guess I don't want to go too personal, but I guess I could talk about the experience of online dating a little bit. So I did use online dating applications for a little while, for about two months or so. And I decided then to delete all of them because <laughs> nothing good came out of them in my personal experience. So um, I use them because I just couldn't meet anyone, not to mention anyone of a specific gender. I just couldn't meet anyone outside of my work. Um, and I just thought it would be good to meet a few friends, um, male or female. But of course, mostly I got matched with, with a guy. And yeah, I went on a few dates. And, and then it's just that the fact that you met online could never uh, disappear from my mind. And I feel like that adds a lot of a, a different kind of weight to your relationship than the people you meet, let's say, organically in, in real life, let's say. And, um, and, and to me, that's why all of the uh, short-term relationships or dating or just meeting ups, um, they never really worked out for me. And I think today in this episode, I guess we could exp- explore the idea of an existence online a little bit and what really counts as an organic way of meeting other people and an organic way of existing all together. So where should I start? Yeah, so I guess uh, a big problem or a big reason for thinking this way, for thinking that meeting online is a completely different experience than meeting in person to start with, I think that's because I am virtually dead online. (laughs) I don't have any uh, social media. I don't use Facebook. I don't use Instagram. I don't use what what you call um, TikTok. I don't have any of these. And uh, I used to have a Facebook account, and I just feel like I spend too much time thinking about what I wrote or what other people wrote, and I feel like my universe is shrinking because I spend a lot of time just looking at other people's posts and stuff. It's not really for the events. It's not really for advertisements or expanding your social cycle uh, circle. It's really, for me, it was um, just a place to think about other people's lives, which is not inherently a bad thing, but I'm the kind of person who gets envious of others very quickly, and I don't, you know, there's no point in lying about that, and and then I realized, um, yeah, I, I fossed over the tiniest thing, so I decided to 
deleted. And of course, it was also the time when you read, you, I read about all the bad things Mark Zuckerberg did, all of that. So then I decided to delete it. And Instagram, I was never just, I was just never part of it. Um, I don't really use, I don't really look at other people's Instagrams either. So there's no point in creating an account. And so yeah, I'm pretty much out of this <laughs> online thing. As for TikTok and I don't know what else is there. I, I'm just never uh, part of the platform. So, so yeah, I never really existed online. I do have a blog, which is just, um, this one is really close to a personal journal, which is to say I write almost every day on the blog, but it's really personal and I don't share it with anyone. It's really my, the journal that I use if I don't have my pen and notebook. So um, yeah, and if I want to post any pictures, I would post it on my blog, but it's not really for, for anyone to read. Uh, but yes, of course, if you read it, it I'm not gonna be too embarrassed. So if you discover it organically, that's fine. Um, yeah, so that's my only online existence. As for this podcast, of course, um, I don't think it's the same thing. It's not really social, so I don't think it really counts. So yeah, I don't really exist online, so um, what can I say? Um, so the thing about the online dating then is just that this, this is very, very intentional. It's very, it's not a natural part of my daily life and I have to deliberately download this stuff. Of course, everyone has to, but it, to me, it's a big, um, it's a big step. And, and yet I just want to know what the fuss is all about. So I downloaded a bunch of them and, and um, I actually met up with some of them. And, but then they never really got past any significant stages because I wasn't really serious about this to start with. I wasn't looking for a real, let's say, long-term relationship, but, or rather I would say I'm confused, right? Um, I suppose, I, I suppose most people in the end, by most, I mean uh, within one standard deviation, about 67% of the people, about 67% of the people eventually do want to be in part of a, um, a long-term commitment and marriage or not, they want to be uh, in that kind of relationship. I suppose I'm one of them, but um, when I downloaded these apps, I wasn't so intentional with all the stuff that a lot of people are. Um, I, I do understand that for, for men especially, they probably have to uh, put in a lot of extra efforts to uh, maximize their, their matches and stuff like that. And um, I am not really ready for that yet. I'm not ready for uh, a full-on full commitment to the dating world or rather the dating applications yet. So I just downloaded them and I, I uploaded some random pictures and I was super, super not serious <laughs> with uh, my introductions. And obviously that resulted in not so interesting um, dates and people, but other than that, you know, apart from all of that trivial or rather not too significant difference between me and other serious people on the dating app, 
I would say that um, the real barrier between me and this world is the is the idea of existing online. I feel like um, to me, I cannot overcome that barrier. I mean, I suppose if someone wrote me anything um, by email, I could um, I could link them back to the person I've met in person. But um, other than that, I have to first have met them in person before I could actually do that mentally. And if not, then for me, it's really difficult to feel any connection with someone who um, said or said anything online to me, right? And same thing, when I'm online, when I'm writing comments or when I go to some forums or when I write a, um, I guess there's a difference between writing a blog post versus also just, just writing in my notebook. So to me, the screen or the keyboard or whatever it is, I, there's like this magic barrier between the online world, um, the internet and me. And that's why, I guess that's why I'm often just very confused about what I, uh, what other people are doing. Um, for example, as I said, I did spend a lot of time on Facebook when I did have an, an account. And yet the reason is not that I um, connected all of these profiles to the people I actually know in real life. I think it's rather that once they are online, I treat them as an independent set of, of documents. Um, and so, yes, it could be very simple, random uh, mumbling from that person, but still, once it is written out loud and not like if you're talking to the person face to face, but rather just like a few lines on Twitter or something, it just feels um, both more distance Sorry, sorry, more distant and yet, and also more formal, and 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 so to me it means that you gotta study whatever is written. I, I know it sounds strange, right? To me, um, the internet is not a way to feel closer to someone, but rather to um, fabricate your own idea of the other person because of the distant. So let me. Uh, because of the distance. So let me explain that a little bit. So basically, let's say, if you and I are having a conversation face-to-face, -face, um, it normally happens very fast, where I say something, you reply, I have to think and try to connect to something else, and I also have to decipher your facial expressions and body language and all that, and we might also be eating or watching a movie or something. So um, there are just so many um, cues from you that I could use as your, as my knowledge of you, right? But if you are completely online, let's say we are exchanging emails, and um, you wrote something, you wrote a few paragraphs, and uh, maybe it's about your life recently, and maybe in the end you want to plan to to have a quick meetup or something, and still, and I know you in person, I know I've met you before, still, that email alone could 
for me, it constitutes like an independent part of you. Like it's a, it's it's you that is. That is, let's say, you 2.0, 2.0, and yes, I know that you wrote it, but by itself, it has its own life when it's written、um, online, and it has this、um, extra medium, which is the the email、um, agent. What what do you call the the portal、um, and the screen and the keyboard and even my glasses. I mean, there's so many layers of Uh, stuff in between the actual you and and me, and the email is just、um, it's just very distant to me, and all that distant to me is not necessarily gonna translate into a distant feeling, which is to say that I don't. It's not that I feel less intimate with you because you wrote an email,、um, or from reading that email I feel that I cannot really gauge what you're thinking. No, I think to me, there's like a strange intimacy that grows from that distance. And now I gotta explain this a little bit, and it's gonna sound a little bit crass, but basically, it's like I don't know if you've seen the movie Never Let Me Go by. Adopted, adapted from、um, Ishiguro's novel, which is one of my top five novels、um, of all time. But in Never Let Me Go, there is the scene where、um, Tom is.、Um, Okay, basically, I I gotta explain all the <laughs> plot before I can I before this can make sense. So let me just skip ahead. So basically, there's this idea that. You know, you cannot look at porn <laughs> too fast, right?、Um, let's say you gotta you gotta imagine stuff a little bit before it actually quote unquote works on you. So it's kind of the same thing to me. I'm not saying that the email is a porn. I'm just saying that because of the distance, because you have a, more control over the situation while you're reading an email, you could pause a little bit, stuff like that. Because of that, there is more space for fabricating stuff in your mind when you're reading an email or re- when you're reading someone's Facebook profile or any profile on an online thing. To me, it means that you could、um, imagine a lot of things that probably aren't true about this person, and、um, and in your own tiny way, at least to me, it means that I feel. Closer to you already, even when we haven't met yet, or even when we—that's、um, totally not what you mean by the words, right? So, in other words, let's say an analogy is well, one of them is porn, but another one is, I guess, reading novels because, unlike movies, which is which are more like conversations and where if you're in a move in a movie theater, you cannot pause. If you're reading a novel,、um, you could stop. You could. Uh, go back to a few lines、uh, that you like again and again, and you could magnify the meaning of a few lines or a few paragraphs, and no one would know, the author wouldn't know, the novel wouldn't know, and yet you could interpret it the way you like, and you can fabricate stuff that's probably not meant by the author, and that's why. That's why reading is is fun, at least to me. That's why reading fiction has 
a to is a totally different experience to me than um, watching a movie and adaptation. So yeah, going back to this online existence thing, I don't think that having an online profile is um, is distant or rather not real. Um, I think, in fact, because of the, all that distance, all that space, um, the reader would have a a better would have more time to to really imagine what you're like on the other side of the screen, and um, so in a way, I would say that um, social media are really too revealing to me. They not because of what I write on on these platforms, but ra but rather that people could interpret your stuff a million ways, and and that is very. Um, intimidating, at least to me. And so going back to the idea of existing on your online dating website, or sorry, online dating application, um, it's the same thing where it feels, yes, it feels unreal, but at the same time, you feel infinitely closer to the person because you could look at them through your own lens. And that's why, um, that's why it's so different from um, meeting someone in real life. I feel like it's actually much faster than uh, meeting someone in, in real life where both parties, if they are serious enough, they would do some amount of that fabrication, imagination. And when these things are uh, meet each other, when they are combined, uh, you can imagine just how much um, understanding and misunderstanding you could you could produce from from such um, imagination from both parties. So yeah, so and this is not for me. It's not like I am. Um, I don't like to know people in a rush. I don't like to know people through fabrications through my own imagination and through testing whether they're not the same as whom I've imagined them to be. I, I, I really like to meet people just, let's say, organically, the slow way. So online dating doesn't work for me. And um, <laughs> I suppose that's, uh, that's, this is when I should reveal what happened to me in that advice genie episode. So, um, and going back to the novel Ghosts, um, as I said, Ghosts is about the protagonist uh, being ghosted by some men. Well, the advice genie thing has to do with me, in a way, ghosting <laughs> a man. Um, and I can say this now because I think, I hope, knock knock, this whole episode has, has, um, has, been, um, has ended. So I'm the one who kind of ghosted the man <laughs> because um, I just don't feel comfortable in this relationship. Uh, or it's not even a relationship. The, the, the person, the, the person um, thought we were in this serious relationship and I just don't really think you could, you could do that through an online dating app. And um, we've known each other, known, quote unquote, each other for about two months or so. And then I told him, uh, I'm not interested in, 
in continuing this anymore, and I don't even want to be friends in quote unquote real life. And um, yeah, and the what happened was he was um, knocking, like he he was just desperately trying to reach me, and he knocked on my my door. Sorry, not knocking. Um, he rang my doorbell several times very urgently that night. And anyway, I'm simplifying things a little bit. I'm cutting out the unnecessary details. The point is, I think after reading this book, I kind of have some empathy for. Okay, no, I have absolutely no empathy for that guy. But the point is, I I now know that maybe my behavior does did constitute what you would call ghosting, which is totally not true. All right, I I actually did properly wrote an email and I um and also I talked to him on the phone explaining that I don't want this to continue. But still, he got a little bit desperate and I actually called the police because I was afraid that he might just do something. And I don't know. So that's what I meant by the traumatic event that happened um, a few months ago in that Advice Genie episode. Um, and, and it's traumatic not exactly because I feel like he might injure me or he might just... Um, like it's okay to to text me several times. It's not gonna do me any harm. It's okay to text too much, but it's just that it's traumatic in a more in a more meta way to me. It feels like um, I can't believe that uh, such emotions are so real to some people, and that's how people would react to to um, their desperation. I don't know what I'm saying. Basically, I was shocked that people could feel so intensely towards someone they met online. And in the end, of course, you know that they it's not really about you personally. Like he's not interested in me as as me. It's really that they feel rejected and they feel this might not be the first time that it happened and and um because by reading the, the novel Ghost, you know that um, a lot of people have gone through this many times uh, and most people aren't using the thing for the first time. So anyway, I could just imagine that maybe for that person whom I semi-ghosted, okay, right, I did not ghost them because I did say that I didn't want to see them anymore. And so I don't think it's ghosting, but maybe to them it's too soon to end this thing. Anyway, who who knows? But basically, um, the thing is, yeah, what can I say? I finally have a little bit of insight of why they reacted the way they did. Um, it's probably because um, the the information or sort of the the way we met through through this app was probably more intense than I've imagined. Um, I didn't realize that, you know, I was probably all, uh, wrong about this kind of relationship to start with. I was thinking that, you know, if you met someone online, it's not gonna be as intense or as as um, three-dimensional as um, meeting someone in real life. I used to think that until, until I read the book Ghost and thought about it, right? I used to think that, and then I reversed the complete, um, sorry, I reversed, I, I reversed my thinking completely almost where 
maybe it's the opposite case where if you meet someone, if you meet an a a character in your fiction, even the feeling, the connection you feel may be more intense than someone you met you meet in real life because precisely because of all that distance. You can imagine what they're like. You could just fabricate information about them. Therefore, the people who do uh, online dating regularly, they probably are exaggerating their heartbreaks and um, disappointment. Or rather not exaggerating, but rather the feeling is more intense than... Um, if they met the person in real life. I don't know, right? It's just a theory. I'm, an, I'm not a love expert. <laughs> it's just that. And I have to say, I don't, I don't really feel sorry for, for the person who rang my doorbell so many times that night. Um, I, don't, I don't feel sorry for them. It's just that I realize that it's good that this happened to me quite early in my life and that I'm not for this. I'm not going to do this kind of stuff anymore. It's, virtu- it's pretty much like dating your, your fan, uh, your fiction fan, right? You, you may have created something, written a semi-fiction, and they read your work, they're in love with you, you met up, you just, and then there's like a lot of, and you're really a doll to them. You're really a, a character to them. And it's really difficult to wrap your head around the situation, you know, reminding yourself that, you know, this, this, this email or whatever um, online thing you're using, this thing is just a portal. It's not Harry Potter. It's just a character, right? Um, I think if you look too deeply into that, the, um, the effect that I'm talking about may actually happen. And things that are going on online may feel more real. But basically, I, yeah, and this connects to the whole feeling about this whole idea that maybe my life is just going downhill and I should reverse my paradigm where um, it should be that good things only happen rarely and most of the time I feel miserable. I think it has to relate, it relates to this in a way in, in that, um, I used to, um, I just, I don't interact with a lot of stuff in real life and what I call unfortunate events, let's say getting scammed or getting into an accident or this um, advice genie episode where the person rang my doorbell 50 times that night. Um, This kind of stuff um, just pop out because they are one of the few things that actually happened to me in real life. I don't know what I'm saying. Basically, what I'm trying to um, what I'm trying to, let's say, distinguish is the difference between what happens to you online and what you see and read online versus what you do and see in person and um and yeah i think maybe it's not about bad thing versus good thing happening to you it's about um perceiving them through an online medium versus perceiving perceiving them directly and um 
yeah, maybe that that thing, maybe this has to do with it a lot. Um, so being in an accident, that's one of the rare things that could uh, affect me physically. And also the telephone scam is also quite a physical event where <laughs> I have to type in the um, numbers and it's really a direct, direct consequence of my physical action. Um, the knocking, sorry, not knocking, ringing my doorbell thing, it's quite physical as well. And yeah, so I'm starting to rethink my life as in I, I don't want to go that route where I think that my life is just going downhill from now on and I have to think that the baseline is bad things and when a good thing happened, I should cherish it. No, I think I should think about it in terms of what percentage of my life is going online and what percentage is happening, um, let's say, in the invisible dark of real time, darkness of real time. I don't know what I'm really talking about. The point is, I'm, I think I'm gaining a new perspective about living life online versus living life offline. And um, I'm not leaning towards anything. It's just that maybe maybe moral judgments have to be divided um, online versus offline as well. Because I feel like a lot of people's psychology changes when they're dealing with stuff online, where if they're anonymous, of course, they can be more ruthless and they could just say, they think they can say whatever they want that they would not be able to say in person, so on and so forth. So yeah, what I'm trying to do, okay, so basically maybe there should be a new lens on this, right? Instead of, because philosophers, I suppose, they, they tend to divide things like into good and versus bad, right? That's what moral philosophy is about. You're trying to, you're trying to find like a principle or a, um, a code for determining if someone is doing something good versus something bad, if if you're living a good life, a happy life, versus if you're living a miserable, unfortunate, and um, not so virtuous life, right? That's the basic issues. And yet maybe we are all missing something, which is that you have to be more sophisticated because when you're dealing with life that is going online, um, there is a whole new level of, there's a whole new, let's say, door open, which is in your own mind, and there is an extra sort of drawer in your mind that contains extra information that, as, as I know, is uh, mostly fabricated by you, and yet a lot of direct action, or rather a lot of physical actions do stem from your imagination, right? And so, I don't know. I feel like there needs to be an alternative way of thinking about um, what goes on in your life where instead of thinking that, oh, no, I had a good day, I have a bad day, you got to have um, four categories, right? Good online thing, good offline thing, bad online thing, bad offline thing. I don't know. This is just preliminary, but the point is it's kind of... Um, it's kind of uh, enlightening, or rather, it's good that I, I thought of this because I was almost gonna go the complete. Um, I was almost gonna go the way where I think that you know I should just realize that my life is not gonna 
um, be the baseline is not going to be happy ever uh, again, right? And I could reverse that. I could um, I could sort of um, um, find some nuance in that and remind myself that maybe it is about things happening offline to you. And anyway, I don't know. It's good that I'm trying. <laughs> I'm happy for myself and not in a sarcastic way. Um, and yeah, there's still a lot of work to do to sort this out. And I have to say that um, I am very lucky to have met this this book, Ghost by Dolly Alderton. I highly recommend it to to anyone, but particularly to someone who is about 30 years old, woman, or I don't know. I think it's good for men as well. Anyway, that's about it for today. I don't think it's particularly structured. Um, oh, yeah, this uh, reminds me. I think the experience of listening is another thing. I think podcast is a whole other dimension that is not the same as reading stuff online. I, I, but that's for another, I guess, another episode. <laughs> yeah, so um, I am going to rethink a little bit what to do. Uh, with stuff happening online versus offline and whether I should categorize them differently, stuff like that. And I know that this episode sounds a little bit unclear, a little bit vague, but at least you got some insight into all the mis uh, unfortunate events happening in my life and also what that advice genie thing was about. Um, right. Now, I do sound like I'm exaggerating stuff, but yeah, it was like a hell of a night where I was so scared because the man was just uh, ringing on my doorbell like for an hour. And after that, um, I saw him once or twice in my neighborhood where, and he doesn't even live in the same neighborhood, so I feel like he's stalking me. And um, even after that, he sent a few messages and... Anyway, like, I just didn't know what to do. What if he's just um, stalking all the time? Anyway, so that's why it was sort of traumatic. But I have more or less overcome this thing. And as for the telephone scam, I've uh, thought about it as in I, I pretended that I donated it to some charity. And who knows, maybe I'll get the money back in a month or so. As for the accident, uh, what can I say? Uh, it's it's the summer and uh, it's gonna be too hot biking anyway. So why not just just relax a little bit? I don't know. I feel like I'm more optimistic than I thought I could be. So that's not too bad. Um, but yeah, I gotta be more careful in my life offline. And um, we'll see what we can do with my life online. Maybe I could just be a ghost everywhere. That would be fine. Um, but I do love this podcast. So. I'll talk to you soon, as in maybe in a week or two weeks or so. Have a safe and happy um, mid-May. All right. Bye-bye.